we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 1,077 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and the fan favorite, somewhere between iconic and psychotic, Marty Foster. Lord Foster, how are you today? I'm better than you two, I think. In prep, you've you both told me of your woes and ills. And um, despite the fact that I've got a tooth that's about to fall out, I'm, I'm better off than you two. So jolly good. Thank you very much for asking. Yes. And for those that are wondering where we have been this week, uh, I've been down under the weather all week. As you can probably hear, I am heavily medicated at the moment as we speak. But uh, I figured that, you know what, we should probably put out what we can put out this week. Uh, we've been running some reruns the last few days because as Bruce can sit here and verify, I was in no condition to be doing what we're doing today. And I'm hardly in any condition to be doing what we're doing today, but we're going to do it anyway, because I'm just I'm tired of just not talking. So we're going to we're going to have a little discussion today about the uh, the current events of what's going on. Bruce, how are you today? It's good to see you. I'm healthy and alive uh, to what Marty was saying about our ills. Uh, mine was just a minor inconvenience of waking up this morning with skin oil in the eye. And it's just a minor irritant uh, when you're someone with oily skin and oily hair, it's something that's unavoidable, unfortunately. I was uh, desperate so. to be sympathetic, but I just wanted to say, as soon as you started telling me, I just wanted to say, you've got pink eye and <laughs> someone's been doing bare-ass farts on your pillow. That's, that's what's happened. Either that but, or you know, he was, I, I, he's, he's had a train derailment in his neighborhood and he's failed to tell anybody. Mm. Or the mainstream media hasn't yeah. picked up on it. But the, the mainstream media really wouldn't pick up on the the fact that if aliens came and danced on top of um mount rushmore they they, they wouldn't pick that up uh, unless it was to serve the narrative in some way i think at this time it would serve the narrative because they're desperate to get the spotlight off of them in one way or another uh just not in a way that makes them look bad because well as bruce you were saying they can't be seen as being charitable and hospitable to the people in East Palestine and Ohio, in my home state of Ohio, which, by the way, my hometown more than likely is probably going to get destroyed because of the fallout of this thing. They're seeing rainbow colored snow because that's normal. Um, they're seeing that up in uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada at the moment. Uh, at least those are the uh, the videos that I'm seeing of private residents up there putting out uh, shots from their... Um, their front lawns and their uh, their driveways and their their streets that they live on 
showing the melt and the runoff. Now, I understand what a little bit of oil or diesel or petrol or gasoline, whatever you call it, wherever you are in the world. I understand what that looks like when you have a little spot of that on the road or, or something like that. I understand that. But not when it's going up and down the entire road. That's a little obvious. Not when it's in the grass. You kind of, you know, you, you notice that just a little bit more. So I, I, I don't think that they're making this up. Uh, and of course, the um, uh, the dictator in chief up there, he's uh, he's not doing anything to uh, to acknowledge this. But this has become a uh, uh, an ecological disaster of uh, that is now international in scope. And what do we have? We've got stumble bum Joe, two scoops Biden, who decides he's going to take a visit to Ukraine to visit Zelensky on President's Day, nonetheless. And he's going to parade through the middle of town, shuffling around like he does over there while air raid sirens are going off. And even the mainstream media is saying, um, we've been here for a couple of weeks now, and we've not heard of any Russian airstrikes or any kind of aerial attacks that are happening anywhere. And now all of a sudden, President Biden's in town and we're hearing air raid sirens. You're watching a script. He pledges $500 million in aid to Ukraine publicly. He does this publicly. And then you've got the disaster that he hasn't even bothered to go to. His own transportation secretary, Pothole Pete, hasn't even bothered to show his face. Well, he did today. And of course, he said that they've been there since the start. But they're pledging $500 million to Ukraine, not a dime for the people in Ohio. In fact, when he was asked about FEMA response, he says, oh, we only respond to natural disasters. We only respond to, to tornadoes and hurricanes. Oh, yeah, just like you did during Katrina. Took him a week to find the Superdome, which is an object that you can see from space with the naked eye, and they couldn't find it. So it's hard to imagine they could find East Palestine, Ohio, which is a you know has a resident population of around four thousand. So probably can't find that too easily. I guess you know it's taken a couple of weeks to, to find that. But um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, Donald Trump, and believe me, for those that have been listening for quite some time, I know we're picking up new listeners all the time. I'm not a fan of Donald Trump, and I will not support him in the coming election because of the fallout that's happened because of the Operation Warp Speed during his administration that he authorized. I'm sorry, I will not forgive that, especially when he comes out and he doubles down on it over and over and over and over again. He's still doing it. But to his credit, to his credit, he did visit East Palestine yesterday. He did buy lunch and dinner and I believe breakfast for anybody that still wanted it, which was McDonald's. He, that's his favorite place to eat. Don't ask me why. But he bought McDonald's for all the uh, the disaster aid workers that were there in town. And then he went to meet with the residents of East Palestine, stood out there, signed their hats, signed whatever they wanted, shook their hands, talked to them. And he donated pallets. And I'm not talking about the usual size pallets you pick up at your local hardware store, your local um, you know, retail store. When they get a delivery off the back of the truck, these are military sized pallets of disaster aid that he spent his own money on water, food, toiletries, cleaning items, uh, fresh sheets, these kind of things. These were donated by Trump to the people of East Palestine with his own money. How is it possible that one man is doing more to serve the people in that town than the federal government can do? Now, again, I've made my standpoint on the man clear, but what he's doing here is the right thing to do. Marty played a uh, little clip uh, before we started, and I think it sums up the reason that they're now doing uh, something or, or, you know, it's uh, Joy Behar uh, on The View basically saying, I got it. Yeah, uh, East, you got that one. OK, uh, we'll let you play that one. 
regulations for a second because it seems to me that the Republicans are obsessed with this notion of the free market and they don't like a lot of regulations because it means profit when because, you deregulate yeah. you get profit but they, I know part of but, the deregulation so for example the workers, there, there were very few plane crashes thank God and that's because the industry is highly regulated we have to pay for regulations yeah, it, but just and safety standards biggest, otherwise where are we we're all going to go up in flames Norfolk Southern gives as much to Democrats as Republicans it's a very powerful yeah. law that is trying to block regulation. And this train, to Sarah's point, two miles long with two full-time employees and a trainee on it. This and they didn't even wipe need out to the entire, because yeah. the last administration rolled it down to only one to having worker. One. They happened to have but two. One thing and I just want to say is I do think this was an unforced error by President Biden. It was 20 days before we had Secretary Buttigieg go down, 10 days before he put out a statement acknowledging it. Yeah. This is Trump country. He won by 40 points. It, it, he, won, he is a president for all Americans, I believe. That, but he needs to show so that they, he is. But it was time for him to be. I don't know why they would ever vote for him because for somebody who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. <laughs> Donald Trump, who reduces all safety. He yeah. did. Do in they those showed days. up at McDonald's and those voters yeah, saw something on the ground that yeah. probably it, resonates in a way that the they thing. Yeah, but they need to look past the photo ops, these people, and say who's doing the job here. Forget about the photo op. Showing up though. is a big Showing thing, up, though. I think, I think this is Donald Trump's fault. <laughs> Apologies there you go. It's all Trump's fault. That the listener just had to yeah, yeah, listen to. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all Trump's fault. There you go. But actually... Hang on a minute. Before, before you say anything, hold on. I just have to point out, I pointed this out earlier in the week. The CDC had just updated their guidelines after, what was it, like 40 years uh, or 17. something like that? Was it 17 years? Oh, the original yeah. document was written 40 years ago, yes. And after yeah. 17 years, they finally just updated the possible side effects of long-term exposure to vinyl chloride on the human body. And they just so happened to remove the section on children and young adults just before this disaster happened. So um, how is that Trump's fault? It's not Trump's fault. The train might be two, two miles long. But you've got an engineer forward, you've got an engineer aft. They're monitoring on their readout every single aspect of that train. The temperatures in all of the individual uh, container carriages, many, many things. But it probably only takes two people. What is important is that the rail it's traveling on is in good condition. And we know who owns that railway. It's owned by, uh, what was it, BlackRock? BlackRock, um, Vanguard, Wells Fargo, and J.P. Morgan are the biggest exactly. investors. Exactly, yeah. And, and the other thing that Vacuous Bint said on, on The View about, oh, he put a guy who's heavily linked to the chemical industry into the EPA. Who better? Who mm -hmm. better than someone who understands what happens when you get dangerous chemical spills or, or these kind of disasters happening? That was a pure exercise in the pot calling the kettle black. And unfortunately, the kettle doesn't get to answer back because the media is 100% Demerat overrun. And shows like that are um, they're, they're just a party propaganda tool. Who was the uh, the chick in the green? She's supposed to be the token Republican, I believe. Uh, I don't I don't know what her name I is. I can't anyway. keep up with the host, other than the fact that they keep Joy Behar. I understand who Meghan McCain was. Obviously, that's John McCain's daughter. Mm -hmm. I, I remember her. Yeah. But they 
they kicked her to the side. I don't know why, but and, and of course I know who uh, Whoopi Goldberg is. But other yeah. than that, the others they change out. I don't know who they are. Yeah. So whoever the token Republican is on there, and she was the one that was saying, um, "This is mag. This is MAGA country. They voted." That's exactly it. That's exactly why this has taken so long. That's exactly why because it is MAGA country. This is part of the repercussions for you voting the wrong way. This is a uh, part of your um, punishment. I, I sincerely think that's what's going on because why else would this disaster happen? First of all, we should get out of the way. There's three main causes that I can see in this. It was a bad actor like China or Russia. They either did it themselves or paid a group to do it, uh, like, you know, an Antifa or something like that to, to do. Which they you actively hand actual... out pamphlets. They hand out pamphlets within their organization talking about how to derail trains. Yeah. And this is this is this has happened in the past before. You've had eco terrorists uh, being paid by uh, the USSR. So it's it's happened before. The second example I would say is possibly could be legitimately. This was basically maintenance issues. They didn't keep the rail line up. They didn't keep the rail cars themselves up uh, to par. You know, they were cutting corners. And the 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 last scenario. What did I say the last scenario was, Marty? I'm, I've even forgot my points now. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what you said. You said that our own government did it. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Our own government did it. Yeah. yeah. It, it could be that our own government did it to justify going into Russia directly, like attacking them all out, sending our own troops over, yeah, uh, you know, all that. A false flag operation. Well, to your point about eco-terrorists. Yeah, no, we've never seen that. To, to your point no. about eco-terrorists, I'd like to bring in uh, somebody that you appreciate uh, quite often, Marty. Uh, that's Greta Thunberg. They had her on The View talking about what they need to do as uh, eco-warriors to, to deal with this climate crisis. We must remember that if we want to see real changes, we can't if, if we look through history, if people who, who were ab advocating for, for example, social justice, if they had only used the legal methods, then we wouldn't be where we are today, for example, when it comes to to um, racial rights and women's voting and, and etc. So we need to think outside the box because this is an existential crisis. We need to think outside the box because this is an existential crisis. You can just see how she's being fed and manipulated the narrative to say, oh, yeah, if the women's suffrage movement hadn't have got violent and caused criminal damage and committed suicide in front of the king's horse at Aintree Racecourse, then women wouldn't have the vote. And you can't really argue with that because uh, unless people are prepared to stand up and protest um, and sometimes go outside the limits of law, things don't tend to get done because the establishment uses law and creates laws to keep us all inside our box. So for, for once, I can't really argue with Greta, but she's being used. And that's, that, that's like a, a, what's the word, overture to uh, some story coming out about this being eco-terrorists that derailed the train or something. It's a preparation. It's getting people's minds ready to accept the next lie. You know, we're back to the shit sandwich, two bits of truth with the, the brown smelly stuff right in the middle. And, and that's the way this kind of manipulation and propaganda works. 
Okay, well, covering all three points, because that's what we do. Bruce, you brought up three valid points. All right, so let's cover all three. So there's one, right? There's your eco-terrorist. Marty, you brought up another point. We'll cover that in a second. Uh, that'll be next. But just to make sure that we're making, we're keeping track of all things here, so to speak. Track, train, yeah, I got it. Uh, just to make sure that we're keeping uh, on point here. Government-sponsored terror, okay? Well, let's take a look at that for just a second, right? Well, let's just have a discussion about that. Well, we did a, uh, was it a two-parter or a three-parter? I can't remember on the Sustainable Development Goals of Agenda 2030, something along those lines. It turned into a three-parter, I think. It was a three-parter, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, during that time, as we discussed the Sustainable Development Goals, and anybody can toddle on over to the uh, Sustainable Development Goals or the EPA's website in the United States, and you can find what I'm about to say is going to be true. If the government deems, according to Agenda 2030, that the land that you are inhabiting is toxic, they can seize it. And they can order you into a 15-minute city. All expenses paid, of course. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Now, to your point, Marty, right, there's your government-sponsored terror. Now, would they do that on purpose? Would they? I don't know. Think about that. Now, to your point, Marty, about tracks. You said tracks need to be in good condition. The rails need to be in good condition, right, in order for a train to run smoothly, correct? So our rail beds in America are probably at least 50 to 70 years old, most of them. We have the worst rail system in the modern world, and we spend more on it than any other country, I think, probably combined, knowing how we spend money in the U.S. But I'd like for you to take a look at this. Now, this video, this is from my home state of Ohio. I'm sorry to say uh, I'm ashamed, but being ashamed of something and ignoring it don't make it go away. So we've got to discuss it. And I would like to get your your point on this. or I'd like to get your considered an informed opinion, excuse me, on this. Which you are entitled to. Uh, which I'm entitled to. We're all entitled to. And we're happy to have it. But I thought that this was fake. When I first saw this, I thought that this was fake. Uh, and, and I had to go and I had to verify that that's actually how this rail line is that these trains travel on down that particular line. Now, this video is sped up because the train is going at approximately two miles per hour in order to be able to traverse these tracks. Okay, so keep that in mind that this if you saw this at actual speed, then you would think that the train's not even moving and you'd be sitting here for probably an hour to see it get to one end of the shot to the other. Okay, so have a look at this and you can narrate for the listener as you're watching as to what you're seeing okay yeah there's the train and by looking at the um the width of the track it looks about the same kind of gauge as used in the uk and i'll talk about that in a bit the train really does appear to be moving very slowly you can see all kinds of deviations in the rail it's up and down undulating it's not flat and level the train itself is um bouncing on its suspension uh although the you know the, these are big heavy leaf spring suspensions on each of the uh carriage wheels and yeah that that is not uh what i would consider to be a a, a safe piece of track but the train when going slow enough can make it through and that that is unless any moment now that train's going to come off those tracks i no, mean the, it doesn't the, come off the but... rail the rails are flexing um the carriages are lumping up and down if that were done at 60 70 miles an hour that train would not stay on those tracks 
No, no, certainly not. And this is what we're supposed to be sold. Do you remember Obama? Oh, we're going to have high speed rail everywhere. There's your high speed rail right there. Not to mention over the last 20 years, how many bills have we passed that were for infrastructure? Where's all that money going if it's not cleaning up our rail line and what? Exactly. Here's, here's the thing. The width of rails, and I can only speak for the United Kingdom, is based on the width of a single horse pulling a carriage. And that's because the, the, the coach makers who made the first railway carriages, and indeed the engineers used that gauge, that width, to determine how far the rail should be apart. If you had wider rails, the chances of derailment would be less. The engineering would have to be stepped up slightly on the wheels on the carriages because to go round corners with a wider track, you'd need slightly articulated wheel sets. But that hasn't changed. In all these years that the railway's been going, uh, what are we in now? So, yeah, about 200 years, that standard width hasn't changed. And these high-speed rail projects that they keep talking about, HS2 in the United Kingdom, they're not advocating to change the width of the track. There might be a slight upgrade in the rolling stock, but they're not actually really changing the look and the feel and the size and the dimensions of the tracks. And that's why trains are relatively easy to derail. Uh, if if someone wants to derail a train, it's relatively easy to do. Well, not to mention the fact that uh, in the US, and I, I don't know if you guys do this in uh, in the UK or not, but in the US, I, I know they don't do it here, at least uh, in Germany and France and in the Netherlands, they don't do it. They don't use wooden ties underneath the uh, uh, underneath the rails any longer. They use concrete ties, co- uh, steel reinforced concrete ties here. Uh, yeah, obviously, because they've got they've got uh, high speed trains uh, that 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 run here, so you can't have that. And they do uh, like there there is regular maintenance on these tracks all the time. I mean, all the time. They're always going through and they're tearing out a section of it. They're redoing a bed here. They're they're doing uh, redoing lines here. I mean, th- they're always doing that. In the U.S., you don't see any of that. Not anywhere. No, uh, it's a much bigger rail network obviously it's a much bigger country but um here in the uk yes all of our you call them ties we call them sleepers and wooden sleepers they were ripped out they've all been recycled they've been turned into all kinds of things benches planters in gardens you get hold of a you know four railway sleepers it, it creates a nice planting bed to, to grow your tomatoes and they'll last forever um, being treated in that crease oh, they, they'll last they, they will which which is more than could be said for your tomatoes because they're they're a rarity at the moment due to the um yeah I heard about that the, the yeah so yeah those rails that, that 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 particular train that you showed was traveling on had wooden sleepers and that was a very very dodgy piece of track so no wonder the train had to travel at two miles per hour I'd like to somehow get a closer look at the tracks where the derailment happened a mile before the derailment and a mile after just to see what sort of state they were in. Well, I would say if you were doing that, if that's what you wanted to do, then um, you would probably be removed from your position as whatever supervisory role you would have within the United States government or transportation board because you would actually want to do a common sense evaluation of 
what caused that to begin with, and someone would be held liable at that point. And we can't have that. Uh, but by the way, speaking of liable, to that point. Do you say uh, liable or libel? Uh, both. <laughs> both. I'll, I'll just go with both on that because it's hard to say who they're going to leave to hang out to dry on this one. I'm betting it's going to be the governor of my state, Mike DeWine. I bet they're going to leave. They're going to leave him hanging out to dry. Josh Shapiro, the governor of the state of Pennsylvania. Do you know what he did after they made the call to breach the tanks and set it on fire? He literally, after that call was made that he was a part of, he jumped on a plane and went to the Super Bowl. That's what he did. Well, either either he didn't understand the severity of the situation, or if he did understand the severity of the situation, he is what I like to call one of those things you have to beat me out for. Yeah, one of those. Okay, well, while we're not using this money to uh, that we don't have, by the way, <laughs> all this money we're throwing at, uh, at Ukraine, obviously, we, uh, we don't have it. But this was from London today. You're going to love this. This was out in front of uh, the Russian embassy today. These are protesters that are, uh, well, they're going to paint the entire roadway uh, in, the, uh, in the Ukrainian flag to stand in solidarity with, uh, with the Ukrainians there. And as you can see, they... Well, they just they ruined the entire roadway and they uh, yeah, uh, well, they ruined all the tires and all the cars and, you know, got spread all up the side of it. And of course, there were no arrests made. The police were, in fact, guarding them. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was in that area of London. Um, were you? Last oh, yeah, you went yeah, last week. Last, yeah. Last Thursday. I think it's South Kensington because it's very near Hyde Park. Um, and I was going to a show at the Royal Albert Hall, as it happens. And... There is that area of London has got its own police. You've got the Metropolitan Police for Greater London, and you've got the City of London Police. It's got its own police force. As well as that, you've got all the special branch in and around the embassies and commissions in that area. Police could have been on the street stopping those people doing that in no time at all, but it's sanctioned someone somewhere has sanctioned that action otherwise it it wouldn't have got that far uh, and you know i have got nothing personal against the good people of ukraine or the good people of russia the good people what i have got something against is corrupt fame hungry avarice greedy overly rich pricks like Zelensky and Putin. That's who I've got a problem with. And all you people, I'm sure it's none of the people who listen to us, but can you please, dear listeners, point out to your friends who've plastered their social media profile pictures with I stand with Ukraine or I've had my COVID jab, just how much of an enabler they've been. They're that's enabling so, our governments. That's so ridiculous. To, to, I can't believe people are yeah, still doing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> of course they're still doing it. I counted, I counted in London as well um, last week, and it's about one in 80 people are still wearing face nappies as well. Because I was going to say something earlier on, but um, we, we sort of went past it. And that's, I think, you know, the, the conspirators in this conspiracy against humanity have underestimated, or sorry, overestimated how far dumbed down we all are. But then when you see stuff like that on Facebook, on Twitter, 
and and the other social media. And I do know that it's only fans and not fans only. By the way, I just I just went wrong there and kept it going. When you see how many people are still supporting these ridiculous ideas through these passive aggressive moves on their profile pictures, then maybe they haven't overestimated how dumb they've made us, how far down the tubes that our education systems have gone to create people who will put up with this kind of shit. The level of insult that is going on right now uh, between the Biden administration, the average American, this is probably the worst chemical disaster in American history with the the Ohio derailment. Uh, Far worse than any of the oil spills and whatnot. Worse than, um, uh, what was it, the the nuclear disaster that we've had here in the U.S. Far worse than that. Three Mile Island, wasn't it? Yeah, Three Mile Island, yes. Um, In fact, Three Mile Island... Even worse than the... um the spill by BP and Shell oh, yeah. in the Gulf of Mexico? Oh, yeah. I, I would say oh, it yeah. is because yeah. those were... When when you have a spill in comparison of, like, uh, for example, um, the, the oil in that sense, it stays on the surface and, it yeah, it does uh, get in the water and can cause problems, but it's not as uh, invasive, I should say. I, I'm, I'm trying to find the right word to describe these chemicals are far more dangerous than what that crude oil. Well, they, they disperse um, further and they're mm-hmm. airborne for a start. Yes. And that oil that suddenly finds its way to the surface was just under the surface a little while ago. And the mm-hmm. Earth's crust is not perfect either. Yep. There are naturally occurring oil slicks all the time. It happens all of the time. But the difference there was they had a British company to blame for it, and mm-hmm. they may well have been responsible. So that British company had to pay for it and had to pay for the damages. The difference here is it's inside your land land border. The only person who's going to have to pay for it is should be your government. And, of well, course, they well. should then put the charges onto the rail company and the chemical company and whichever nut job decided the best thing to do would be to pierce the container wagons and Mm -hmm. set them on fire yeah those tankers first well the the epa has said uh basically absolved our government uh well they blame the trump administration first as as we heard in the clip that um of the view and then they the epa has said that the train uh company what is it Boxcon, I'm wanting to say. Uh, anyway, what, what I think that's what the train company was called. Anyway, what, whatever the train company's name is, they're the ones that have to clean up. And if they cut any corners, they're going to have to pay threefold uh, what 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 it was going to cost. Uh, so they're blaming the company at this point. The the thing is, I'm not sure who's guilty on this uh, in, in this scenario because those trains are indeed uh, companies. Who owns the rails? Who's maintaining the rails? And again, uh, we've had billions of dollars literally go to infrastructure and none of the infrastructure has been fixed. And now we're in the middle of this war in Ukraine, which uh, again, no American, if you go on the street with a map and you say, can you point out Ukraine? Nobody. Maybe you might have one or two. I can't say nobody because that's an absolute. You might have like one or two point out where, yeah, well, I I, I could as well. But that's because we're staying aware and, and know what's going on. But they couldn't even point out where it's at. 
let alone the fact that they don't care about what happens in Ukraine. There is no strategic value to Ukraine on, on a, uh, an any real level. The only thing that's there is uh, we, we, we had kind of an agreement with Ukraine, a, tr a treaty, if you will, uh, that basically said, you disarm and we'll protect you. So that, that's well, really the only kind of system that's there. The, the Ukraine, of course, does produce a lot of, did or did produce a lot of arable crops. It is the breadbasket of Eastern Europe. And I don't believe that food should travel more than about 40 miles to get to where it's going to be consumed. However, that's where they were growing all the grain. That just adds to the food shortage as well. It, it's a win-win for the globalist conspirators. It, that's a that's a cap. There's a caveat to that. Eighty percent of the grain that they produced went to Africa. So now, it creates I, it creates yeah. famine in Africa, <clears throat> and famine in Africa creates a flow of migrants further north through the Levant into Central Europe, and eventually they all come to the UK. And, and we knocked all the go onto out. our benefits in, uh, yeah. onto our benefit and system. All, and under Obama, we knocked all the bulwarks out of that. We got rid of Hosni Mubarak in Egypt. We got rid of Omar yep. Gaddafi in Libya. The ones that were actually yep. trying to build Africa up and hold these hold these radical groups back, they were taken out of uh, circulation very early on. But a lot of those radical groups <laughs> were paid for by the CIA by, as well. By the CIA, yeah. It's proxy groups, yeah. yeah. But well, just going back to your point, Bruce, about, or was it Johnny who made it? No, it was Bruce that made it, about people not being able to point to the Ukraine on a map. To be fair to the the US citizens who did go to school on the day they did geography. The same in the UK, when the Falkland Islands were invaded in 1982 by the Argentinians, many British people thought that the Falkland Islands were somewhere north of the Hebrides, uh, which is north of Scotland, the islands north of Scotland. So there was a great deal of panic. To some extent, that panic was useful because the whole country mobilised to get the task force 9,000 miles south and retake the Falkland Islands. People were, uh, you know, sleeping at work in factories that were preparing all kinds of military equipment to do that. But yeah, you, you haven't got the monopoly on people with poor geography, although I do think, you know, you've got a fairly good majority. Uh, you're, you're being very kind because uh, those same uh, men on the street videos that you can watch out there, they ask uh, people on the street, what two countries border the United States? And they cannot answer. They don't know. So yeah. uh, as much as I, I as I wish that were the case, the schools of today do not teach the things of of yesteryear that we're used to, like geography, mathematics, uh, you know, uh, whatever, English, whatever. They don't they don't teach that anymore. They teach uh, the the political agendas of today, uh, transgenderism. Uh, that's the kind of stuff they teach Critical nowadays. Race theory. Critical we should race. let Johnny. Play the video he's got behind us, uh, um, queued up. And something's just occurred to me. Uh, to for the benefit of the listener, there's a grey-haired lady who, who uh, I can't see her quite clearly, but it could That's, be Theresa May. But so, I'm sure no, it's not. Well, no, it's uh, she's she's not quite as uh, uh, she's not quite as sophisticated as Theresa May. This is uh, Secretary of the Treasury Janet Yellen. Okay, well, she's got the stars and stripes on one side. And on the other side is the, the flag of India. And in the center of the flag of India is a wheel, which I think is a railway 
wheel. I'm not entirely certain. It might have some other kind of significance. But, of course, India runs on its rails. It and that yeah. railway was was built by, guess what, the British. We built the rail system in India, and uh, it was part of the infrastructure that made their independence successful. But yeah, sorry, I just thought I'd mention that because it, it no, does look like point. a rail. That's, it does look like does, a rail yeah. wheel right there in the middle of the flag of India, and those that country has rail uh, derailments all the time, but their railways still run, and and nothing stops them apart from the occasional derailment. This is uh, Secretary of Treasury Janet Yellen talking about how much we're going to pledge. Economic assistance is making Ukraine's resistance possible by supporting the home front, funding critical public services, and helping keep the government running. In the coming months, we expect to provide around $10 billion in additional economic support for Ukraine. Putin himself thought he would achieve a victory at minimal cost, in the words of CIA Director Bill Burns. One year later, Putin's war has been a strategic failure for the Kremlin. Ukraine still stands. My guess would be is that, and this I'm just guessing, uh, because we're probably not going to know the answer to this. My guess would be is that they're using Ukraine to burn off the excess cash to avoid the out-of-control inflation, because if they didn't have a place to burn that cash off, then you would be seeing Weimar Republic-style inflation in the U.S., I'm assuming that's what their play is at the moment. And of course, it gives them their war and allows them to funnel uh, money to their uh, their favorite military industrial complex partners. Well, I can tell you for a fact that stocks and shares in defense companies since this war started have risen around about 20 percent. I believe that. Uh, that that is a huge return. If you've got a lot invested into a major defense company, you should think about selling fast. Now, I had mentioned in uh, uh, in prep that I'm actually curious. Now, I, I know, Marty, you've said before that uh, Putin, in your opinion, has has gone rogue, and I don't believe that to be the case. And again, you know, we have a differing of opinions, and that's fine. But my question to, to the both of you in prep was, if this is indeed the case, because he's been removed from the World Economic Forum's website and all the rest of that, right? That's all just for show. And I presented my fact on uh, uh, on where the American and the Western establishment stand with Russia. Uh, classically, you know, uh, historically uh, put in historical context, their relationship in the past. And as a matter of fact, as far as I'm concerned, their current relationship. And I I don't believe that any of this is uh, is done in, in opposition to what Russia is doing with what Putin is doing. I believe they're all working on the same team here. But as Biden said in his uh, his secret delegation that he led to the Soviet Union in 1979, look, we agree with what you're doing here. But for reasons of public consumption, we have to make it appear like we're against you, at least publicly, for the sake of the American voter. Otherwise, we'll lose support at home. Well, there's a problem. I believe that that's what they're doing now, and they still don't have the support of people at home. This is the most unpopular conflict, I think, in modern history. And so my question to the two of you in prep was, if this is uh, indeed uh, Putin bad, he's gone rogue and, and everything else, why is Russia still a member of the UN Security Council? Why is Russia still part of the United Nations? This is an organization who I believe is illegitimate to begin with, right? I'm not a big United Nations fan. As a matter of fact, in America, at least, I don't know if it's the same in the UK, but in America, 
The United Nations is hated everywhere west of the Hudson, okay? So I'll just leave it at that. But the United Nations carries the ball for this World Health Organization and and jab campaigns and digital IDs and everything else. All this other crap you see out of the World Economic Forum and all this Agenda 21 and 2030 and all this crap, that's all from the UN. If Putin is so against all of that, then why are they still part of that organization? Shouldn't they have been expelled or at least left? I mean, at least to Trump's credit, again, I'm not being a cheerleader for the man, at least to his credit, he was beginning the process of removing the United States from these criminal organizations. You know, we were leaving the World Health Organization and, and the United Nations would have been next. If this is indeed the case, why are they still there? I think, uh, I don't know for certain, but I think if they were removed, you know, suddenly expelled from the United Nations, that would have to trigger total war. It would have to trigger a massive reaction from Putin and the Russian armed forces. They don't want that much of a war. They want just enough of a war to achieve the aims that you laid out earlier on, burning off the excess cash, hiding money elsewhere, a really good chance to launder billions of dollars through these aid packages to 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 the Ukraine. The thing is about the UN, if British people knew exactly what the UN did to the British Empire, they wouldn't think of it as the, you know, the beneficent, peaceful organisation they seem to think it is. The majority of people are simply unaware that it was the United Nations that decided that we would give up virtually all of the British Empire, which, okay, imperialism and colonialism has its downsides, that's without a doubt. But what that gave was a a considerable superpower at the time. And we're going back a hundred years to to actually the League of Nations, not the UN as it stands, but its original organization that decided that Britain wasn't allowed to be a superpower. We would have to be cut down to size. You've got to give this country back, that country back. You've got to give independence here. And what that created was rather than countries with strong government, good administration and and levels of bureaucracy, for want of a better word, it created countries that were suddenly vulnerable, open to famine, open to tribal wars uh, and all kinds of things that the British Empire at the time would have immediately put a stop to. So that act of making the British Empire a much smaller entity down to the Commonwealth has actually created conflict across the face of the globe ever since. Not to mention our horrid uh, intelligence services in the United States doing their little proxy war deals across the world. That's created an even bigger problem. As I said, what we're seeing in Ukraine is just, it's a Netflix show is what it seems like we're all watching, isn't it? It's what it seems like. I'd like to clue you into a uh, to a tweet that was put out by NATO this afternoon. NATO has published a report from a Ukrainian journalist fighting as a soldier on the front line. This is the actual quote, uh, and I'll put this up here on screen so you guys can see it. We are Harry Potter and William Wallace, the Navi and Han Solo. We are escaping from Shawshank and blowing up the Death Star. We are fighting with the Har- Harkon... I, you're going to have to forgive me. Harkonnens? 
and challenging Thanos. That's yeah, that. it, they're out of, yeah, there you go. They're, yeah, the Harkonnens are from Dune, um, the film, the, the, the Dune series. Well, anyway, yeah. this is the kind of uh, satirical garbage that they're putting out, and they're they're saying that this is this is what we're this is where ten billion dollars uh, as of this afternoon is now going. Yeah, um, NATO, which I've been a part of, has lost its way. It's no longer fit for purpose. You think? Is it? <laughs> Which, well, and I was telling you in, pre- in prep as of an hour ago, who's thrown his name in the hat as the next NATO Secretary General? It's Boris Johnson. Well, it, it's <laughs> Boris, yes, and 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 you clued me up to that some months ago, actually, and I and I spoke to someone who worked at a reasonably high level within NATO, retired now, and asked them the question, you know, has it been mooted uh, about Bojo taking over? And uh, they emphatically denied it. I, I think you should point out, after I initially told you that, after you got done laughing, after about two or oh, three Oh, I, I laughed. I laughed a proper belly laugh at, at the very idea. But, you know, um, with Boris and his ability to do any job, I mean, he can be a cleaner, he can be a construction worker. A lorry driver. He can be a lorry driver or a cowboy in chaps, uh, uh, you know. The innocent schoolboy, you know, past schoolboy. Yeah, yeah. He, he can do anything. I mean, when he was playing rugby, have you seen the clip? I have not seen rugby? Boris Johnson playing rugby, no. It's children, and he full-on tackles an eight-year-old. Oh, um, God. But <laughs> Just he's, recently. He's a, man for, he's a man for all seasons. He's multi-talented. He could be just the thing that NATO needs to fix it. The fact that I think his, um, his family origins are indeed Ukrainian, which, you know, that's, that's no big deal, is it? You know, they're, they're, there's no conflict of interest there at all. It just adds to the um, saga. It's all it does. It adds to the... Uh... To the script, just as to the production value. Yeah, this comedy. We're we we are in the Matrix, aren't we? We this is all. We what's that one with um, Jim Carrey in the film about the guy who his whole life is is fake and set up around him? Uh, is it the is it the Truman Show? I'm 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 at a loss for that one personally. I know is it very little of his? Is it uh, the Truman Show? The Truman Show. That's it. Yeah, that's what we're living in. It must be, because it's the only way to explain the utter twaddle that we're experiencing on a daily basis. All right, this is actually breaking. The uh, The United Nations General Assembly has just demanded in a vote of 141 in favor of, 7 against, and 32 abstentions for Russia to immediately withdraw all of their troops from Ukraine, calling for a, quote, comprehensive, just, and lasting peace. And do we think Putin's going to comply? I don't think so. Uh, if you look at the ones that were against it, uh, the usuals, uh, let me see, uh, North Korea, <laughs> again, you know, Belarus, Nicaragua, Mali, Russia, of course, uh, and Syria, they all voted to. Well, <laughs> what, what happens next? Is a UN peacekeeping force going to go in and wedge themselves down along the Donbass? I'm betting, my friend, if I, if I were a betting man, and I, I'm not a gambler, you, you guys know that I don't gamble, but uh, if I'm a betting man, then I would say that we already have contractors that are in there. 
I mean, they've been in there for quite some time. Biden himself, when he was in Poland, not this time, but the last and not that this time where he just tripped up going tripped up the stairs going into Air Force One again. The time before this, he was talking to the 101st Airborne. Do you know we have the entire 101st Airborne here in Europe as an entirety? Like the, the entire unit is here. The first time it's been here since the Second World War. And he was talking to them in Poland and he said, well, you'll find out when you get there. How big is the 101st Airborne? It's probably at least two or three regiments worth, isn't it? Compared yeah, to and British think, sized regiments. Yeah, and I think the garrison that we have here is, uh, I want to say we've just increased it to like 110,000 or something like wow. that. Wow. Yeah. But those contractors that you're talking about, they're, they're not wearing the you amazing. Got con- you got British contractors. Well, they're, 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 they're not wearing the light blue berry no. of, uh, of complete protection. You see, no, of course not. That's that's the problem. So you know, if the UN decides to to go, of course they won't actually do anything. They won't stop any war, but they will keep a good eye on who's killing who, just the same as they did in the former Yugoslavia when that broke into pieces. Indeed, uh, Bruce, you got an answer on the uh, the size of the 101st Airborne? I don't know. No, I'm not seeing any recent. Uh, I mean, there's three components to it. Combat Aviation Brigade, Airborne Division Artillery, and a Sustainment Brigade. So that, that's the three they have listed there. But uh, as far as numbers, I'm not seeing an actual, uh, any, uh, any kind of numbers on it. A British regiment is normally made up of, of three to five battalions, each battalion being around about 700, 600 to 700 men uh, and women now. The 101st Airborne is probably as big as our entire standing army. It's it's a big, big unit. And to have it forward deployed where it is at the moment could suggest that there's a strong intention to use it. Last couple of points here, uh, just on the things that we're discussing. So like I said, public support for this is uh, is not exactly at an all-time high. Uh, it's not just the United States that are pledging money and munitions and everything else that we don't have to a war that doesn't concern us, but it is also the Europeans, the British as well. You guys are uh, pledging things. Your unelected prime minister and, quite frankly, our unelected president both have pledged money and resources. Uh, and, of course, Boris Johnson has said many times, whatever it takes, the same thing as Biden and Sunak have said, whatever it takes, doesn't matter. The Germans... They're not happy about it either. This was a protest in Munich over the weekend against the government's decision arbitrarily to continue to send the German money and German munitions and German support without the permission of the people. They're a little upset, and I don't blame them. Yeah, and and for the benefit of the listener, there are possibly 200,000 people there. Yeah. It's a, it's a big, big protest, and... What I'd like is a referendum. I love a referendum. And no, I, we I'd can't like, have those. I'll, we can't have those. You had a referendum. I want you had a referendum to leave yeah. the European Union, and you see where that got you. So we're not allowed well, to vote it, no. It, 52% of us were right to, to vote to leave. But if if they offered all men, of, men and women of a certain age, we're going to give you £2 million pounds and you're going to retire, or we're going to send £10 billion to Ukraine, which would you like to do? We'd all vote for retiring right now. That's what we'd do. I also have another um, piece that, of good and, news for you. Oh, yeah. please help. No, go, go on. I'll let you finish your point because this one I, I saved specially for you. Okay. Obviously, that retirement um, would also include all those people who are putting Ukrainian flags and I've had my COVID jab 
onto their social media profiles. They'd all retire as well. Even the really stupid ones would take that retirement plan rather than send the money to Ukraine. But our government is sending billions just as yours is. Indeed, they are. Now, I had mentioned earlier about Agenda 2030 and the Sustainable Development Goals and how the uh, the EPA's website in America says that if you live on land that the government deems toxic, then they can snatch you up and they can transplant you, all expenses paid, of course, to a 15-minute city. One of the cities that have decided that they're going to start and be a pilot for the 15-minute city is the city of Oxford in the UK. Uh, and Marty, you discussed uh, about the uh, the city of Oxford and you know what they're doing. We've actually shown videos and and photos of them actually just blocking off, you know, putting up those uh, those steel concrete bollards uh, on streets, saying, "No, sorry, you're you're not allowed to leave." Well, the city of Oxford, the uh, the good people of the city of Oxford, decided this weekend, and this of course was not anywhere on your mainstream media. They were going to go down. They were going to protest the fact that. Look, we don't want your 15-minute cities. We didn't ask for your 15-minute cities. And they were down in the front of the houses of council and said, we don't want them. Uh, again, you've got a good 100,000 people there at least, which is is um, encouraging to see. But the 15-minute city, at the moment, it's they're, they're doing it in a civil way, a, a peaceful way, kind of, where we know that where that quote comes from. Or, or that choice of phrase, uh, and and there we go. Look, look, look. The on, on the video, the the gang here, the the police force are arresting protesters. Oh, he's very angry. This police. Yeah, he's a very angry officer. Um, he is. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, Antifa yeah. there, by the way, in the middle there. If you're wondering. Oh, okay. So they they've sent Antifa to counter protest, have they? And you see their numbers. You see how much support they have. It doesn't take it doesn't take many. All they have to do is upset enough of the genuine people who are protesting against uh, the fifteen minute city, and it turns the whole protest into an angry mob. And that's exactly the response that the authorities in Oxford want. The mayor, who's probably totally on side for the fifteen minute city because it gives him more power, more money, more control over people. Um, that's exactly what what they want, and we need these protests to keep happening. It wasn't long ago we were showing protests in Germany, the people walking out every They're evening. They're still there. They're still there. But all we want to do is just get on and live our lives. Stop sticking your nose into our lives. Stop telling us where we can live. If we can afford it, we can bloody well live there. Stop telling us where we can travel. If we can afford to go there, we can bloody well go there. That should be the end of it. But we are being crushed by bureaucrats and sellout scum you know, within our governments who've sold out this whole Agenda 2030, Sustainable Development Goals, the Great Reset. And again, People, get your friends, because I know the people who are listening to this have already joined the dots up. Show your friends where the dots are. Just draw the dots out for them and let them join them up themselves. Uh, I think we, we, need, we need to get more and more people aware. We've been saying it for some time. I'm experiencing a lot more of that lately. A, a lot more people are, you know, coming to me and saying, you know, you were right. This is this this what you've been saying is is true. That's quite gratifying, but it doesn't stop it from happening. 
we need more and more people to join those dots up. And not to be outdone, of course, and I'm happy to see that the Americans are actually doing something. Uh, they decided that they were going to uh, to protest. They were at the uh, they started at the Pfizer World Headquarters and they marched all the way down to the United Nations, chanting one thing along the way: Nuremberg. And is this this is in relation to the jab? I take it. I'm assuming yes. That's 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 what it's yeah. all about. Well, it's all part and parcel. It all leads. All roads lead uh, to uh, to the same place, don't they? Yeah. But it's that, that you know, one that one sign there with clot shot arrest Fauci. Yeah. Yeah. But not well, just Fauci. <laughs> no, no. There's a whole lot of arrests that need to take place. But anyway, I thought that uh, seeing that. Um, uh, that video of uh, the good people of Oxford out there uh, protesting. And I thought that would lift your spirits just a little bit because you don't like 15-minute cities and the good people of Oxford don't like them either. Well, like I say, at, at the moment, everywhere where they're trying to put one of these 15-minute cities into place, um, they're doing it in what they think is a civil, peaceful way. It's only once they've got you in the trap that it will slam shut and when it slams shut, that's when the fines for traveling outside will start. You've already got these, um, you know, clean air areas within some cities in the UK, where if you want to use your car, you get clocked on a camera moving in and out of your area, and just to drive it off the off of your driveway costs you twelve pound fifty a time. And that's without any fuel, without any maintenance. And people need their cars in this country. Indeed. I'd also like to play this because we played in the beginning Greta Thunberg. And again, you're a fan of, of Greta. Yeah, you're a big fan of hers. You've mentioned her many times. Well, I before. agreed with what she said. I agreed with what she said in what you've played for the listener tonight. Yeah. yeah. In that you don't get much movement uh, along political lines without some kind of radical protest. That's true. With all that being said, I would like to play the antithesis of Greta Thunberg. This is a 12-year-old girl from Oxford talking about what a 15-minute city would actually be in reality as opposed to what they tell you. I could stand here and say more or less what other people are going to say about the effect of these 15-minute neighborhoods, soon to become digital ID facial recognition zones. Let's say my friend lives in zone 3 and I'm in zone 1. If, for example, I went to my friend's house in zone 3, my parents normally come and pick me up in, it, in their car. It only takes 10 minutes. So does that mean that they would have to go round the ring road and back into town again? If my mum or dad had to drive round the ring road, it would take 30 minutes, causing much more pollution and leaving a much bigger carbon footprint. They will say, you can walk home. Would that be safe for me to walk home? Me as a 12-year-old walking home in the dark alone. Is that really going to be safe? Then they will say, oh, don't worry about that. We've already thought of that. You'll be safe. We will have a thousand cameras on the streets following you and tracking you all the way home. Oh, and just remember, it's for your safety. What? Are you serious? Do you really think I want to be watched every second of the day? Are you serious? Thousands of cameras tracking my every move until I get home. At this point, I have to ask, is my safety that important to me that I want to be followed by cameras all the way home? Or do I prefer to have freedom than privacy? For your information, I still wouldn't feel safe. No amount of cameras is going to stop someone who wants to attack me. I want to be safe, but not to the extent that I am prepared to give up my freedom and my privacy to have it. As a 12-year-old, I am really concerned about my future. And to Klaus Schwab, I say this. How dare you! 
future. And the future of all children by enslaving us in your crazy digital surveillance prison. We all know where this is leading. These are the first steps of a dystopian reality called 15-minute neighbourhoods. From a small seed, a huge tree can grow. Climate change is being used to control us, to nudge us in the direction the greedy people want us to go. The truth is that the greedy people want total control over everything we do, everything we think, and everything we say. Our government has been hijacked by greedy and selfish imposters posing as politicians. They believe they are better than us and masters over us. And until this problem is effectively dealt with, the tyranny will continue. Thank you. And there you have it. Yeah, uh, and she meant that as well. Now, I'm not convinced she wrote every word. No, no, of course not. But she's she's read that, she's understood it, and she spoke it with passion. You know, bless her. I don't want to patronise her because that's the last thing she wants to be is patronised, I'm sure. But I, I, I'm proud. I'm, I'm proud that somebody uh, as young as that young lady in my country can speak so uh, strongly and well about this subject that, that we're facing, about this problem that we're facing. She's definitely well rehearsed in that. Uh, and by that, like she didn't stumble over any of the words and everything. So, and as you said, she's very passionate. I did notice even, one even mistake. She said, um, I'd rather have my safety than privacy when she went safety and privacy but you know she she was rehearsed yep. it wasn't all written by her but the way she put it across and you could see the expression in her face for the benefit of the listener that she was meaning what she was saying and greta means what she says as well although that poor girl is is she's she's becoming exhausted you can see how tired she looks she's been used she's been paraded in front she of the media off the vegan, the she needs to get off the vegan diet and have a steak you know that might breathe some life That's back into the needs. poor girl yeah uh, that is what she needs. now keep in mind all the things that we're sitting here discussing for the benefit of the listener all the things we're sitting here discussing yes we have bad actors inside of our governments and in ngos and in think tanks and in the intelligence communities and everything else yes we have compromised people we have bought off people we've got people that are corrupt in the financial industry and the corporations and every other thing you can possibly imagine but that still doesn't mean that vladimir putin is the good guy so keep that in mind Remember the strategy that the Russians and the Chinese are playing. They're playing a scissor strategy. They're trying to get us, as in the people that can think, the critical thinkers, they're trying to get us to turn against the people in our own governments and against our own democratic forms of the electoral process because they will come in and offer something better when in fact they're the ones that gave us this corrupt agenda to begin with. So keep that in mind. Gentlemen, barring anything else, that will do it for us today. Marty, we'll see you next week, yes? Yes, yes indeed. I'd like to thank both of you for being here today. I would like to apologize to the listeners for not being here this week, but again, I was under the weather and hopefully we'll be back starting next week. So thank you gentlemen for being here. Thank you to all the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great weekend and we'll see you on Monday. Good night, everybody. Thank you.